0: Welcome to Artificially Intelligent Marketing, a weekly podcast where we stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, helping you get the best results from your marketing efforts. Now, let's join our hosts, Paul Avery and Martin Broadhurst. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition midweek episode of Artificially Intelligent Marketing. Is it episode 32? Is it episode 31A? No one knows. Let's go. Let's go with episode 32. Um, the reason that I decided to record a quick episode, because I Martin can't join me today, is just to get out a quick bit of info for you about OpenAI's developer conference yesterday, because they shared really loads of information that I think marketers will hopefully want to know about. The first thing is that they announced the launch of GPT-4 Turbo, something that we predicted in the run up to the event But there was some additional information in here that we didn't predict that's really quite exciting. So, for example, one of those is 128k context. So for the listeners of the podcast, you'll know one of the reasons that we love Claude is because it's got 100k of context, which means you can feed it many documents or really large PDFs with hundreds of pages and then interrogate that content ask for summaries, etc. Something that you can't do with ChatGPT out of the box because it's only got an 8K context. And even some of the tools do have access to 32K context for GPT-4. um, But that's actually quite rare because it's been quite expensive. So for developers now, they're going to be able to access GPT-4 128K. Expect to see that baked into some of the tools that you might use. I'm hoping to see it in Magi, which is one of my favorite tools. And that context is really now um, very powerful against the likes of Claude. They've also promised to reduce the price of using GPT-4 for developers. So hopefully we're going to get access to this without any increases in price for us as software users. Although even though there's a reduction in price for input and output tokens, Obviously, when we've got that much more context window, there's going to be a lot more tokens involved. So exactly how much cheaper it turns out for the providers of tools and therefore us as marketers that that subscribe to those tools, we will wait to see. It's also likely, in fact, a dead cert that G, GPT4 Turbo will become the underlying model for ChatGPT Plus users. So we're going to have that massive um Context window to be able to work with when we're using GPT 4 um, within Chat GPT. So, again, if you're used to pasting in materials into Chat GPT and getting some sort of error message about the information you've provided is too long and breaks the context length, that is about to disappear with the introduction of 128k context windows. Something that will be interesting as we see this GPT 4 Turbo one, two, eight, roll out, is going to be how good is the model at delivering the outputs that we've become used to. So you might remember some months ago, there was quite a bit of debate about whether GPT-4 was getting less smart over time and producing worse outputs. People were comparing it against GPT-3 turbo or 3.5 turbo which they actually felt was better than the original gpt 3.5 so then the question remains is in our hands how accurate and useful will gpt4 turbo be will it perform better on a number of benchmarking tests than the original gpt4 will it deliver on a number of the marketing applications that people have started using chat gpt plus for will it be worse or better we don't know until we get the opportunity to play with it My gut says it will probably be slightly better, um, but certainly the 128K context window could really be a game changer for a lot of people's applications. Then there's a couple of things that develop that are probably more important for developers, but that could be important for us as users, which is OpenAI has changed some of the way that developers will interact with the model. So now there are function calling updates whereby a developer can now call multiple functions. So this is going to make it much easier for them to create systematic agent like experiences within the API. There's also a new JSON mode, which is going to make it easier for developers again to get the types of information out of the API that they would want to make it easier to move information between different tools. The other thing to note is that GPT 3.5 Turbo, there's going to be a new version of that that has 16K context window by default. So those of you that are using the free version of GPT, you're now going to have access to this slightly improved GPT 3.5. And for developers whose tools rely on it, it's going to be even cheaper than it was before. Another big news item announced by the OpenAI team was the assistance API so this is the first step towards helping developers build agent-like experiences within their own applications an assistant is kind of like a a purpose-built ai that has specific instructions and leverages extra knowledge knowledge and can call models and tools to perform different tasks and i think what's really interesting about this is for developers this is going to allow them to build assistance on top of chatgpt that can also leverage tools like code interpreter and dolly 3 and gpt 4 vision to create really interesting applications the likes of which we just haven't been easily to build been able to build so far which again is going to translate into the different types of tools that marketers get to play with and get to access um OpenAI have also built in a new retrieval based system. This has one of the, been the one of the limitations that's been really quite hard and made it a bit more challenging to develop on top of OpenAI's platform is having the system remember the information that the tool that you're using, or you as a user didn't put it into that tool that had been sent to OpenAI. And then all of that had to keep being packaged in the information that was sent in the context window. So expect your tools to remember much more about instructions that you've given them in the past, etc. And I think, why is this really cool? I think it's nicely summed up by the way OpenAI um, summarized it on the blog post on their website, is that There's so many potential use cases for this, and they give examples like a data analysis app, a coding assistant, an AI-powered vacation planner, a voice-controlled DJ, a smart visual canvas. It really now is down to the developer's imagination to really be able to call on so many of those different aspects of how ChatGPT and OpenAI's tools work. If you want to play with assistance API and you've got access to the playground it's currently in beta so you can go and actually have a little play with what this looks like it's also worth noting that I don't have access to gpt4 turbo in my chat gpt instance yet um, and it's currently in, in preview access as well but they expect to roll it out more widely before the end of the year The other thing that's coming to GPT-4 that we also talked a bit about on the podcast previously is you no longer have to in GPT-4 plus, chat GPT-plus, I should say, you no longer have to select. The modality that you want to use. So, up until now, if you wanted to use code interpreter now called advanced data analysis, you had to go ahead and select that in a drop down and then you could interact with that tool. If you wanted to create images, you had to s- select Do- Dolly 3 in the drop down and it was just a bit of a pain in the bottom to use, to be honest. Now that's all been consolidated. So, there's no drop downs anymore. You just make a request of ChatGPT like you would normally and then it figures out what tools it needs to draw on in the back end to deliver on your request. So if you ask it to create an image, it will know it needs to use Dolly 3. If you ask it to perform some sort of data analysis or some action that requires the ability to create Python code and run that code, then it will use advanced data analysis. So that's going to make it all easier for us to be able to just use the tool, which is quite nice. The other thing is all this stuff, as I mentioned, is being made available via the API. So you may use a tool now that is a wrapper or a skin of of, um, ChatGPT like we do with Magi, but expect to be able to do stuff beyond just text generation because with access to the Dolly 3 API, for example, you're going to be able to create images in your application of choice, providing they uh, open up access to Dolly 3 within that tool and it will create images for you using Dolly 3. So a fairly obvious use case of this, I can imagine will spring up fairly quickly, is if you use a tool to write, like Writer or Jasper or Magi, you'll also be able to create images for those pieces, let's say blog posts, using Dolly 3, and one assumes they'll be able to use the text of whatever thing you've written, social posts, whatever, to influence the prompt that then creates the image alongside it. So an example would be, um, write me a blog post about the five most exciting things that um, OpenAI have released and create me an image to go with that blog post it should be something that is all very easy to do, certainly within ChatGPT, but also other tools. The other thing that they've made available via API is text to speech. So many of you who listen to the podcast will know OpenAI has a speech to text engine called whisper so for transcription but if you have the mobile app of open ai's chat gpt on your phone you can actually speak with it and it will transcribe what you say but it will then speak back to you because chat gpt now has this text to speech function and it's kind of interesting and fun to go play with you're basically just having a conversation with the computer like they might do in star trek well now that capability is being rolled out via the api to developers so expect to see more of this speech to text and text to speech type interactions popping up in lots of different tools because they're basically democratizing and making it much easier for developers to create tools that are software applications that you speak to and they speak back to you so again that's pretty exciting and could change Fundamentally, how marketers interact with lots of different software to get what they want, especially because those tools are going to have access to um, advanced data analysis and other aspects of the OpenAI backend. You could imagine sitting in front of your favorite um, dashboarding program or your marketing um, software suite and asking in natural language to see a graph of contacts generated by a particular source, that say organic search over time. Um, and then ex- ask the the tool to explain the graph to you in speech. So to speak to you, basically. So that could be pretty cool as well. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff there that's probably more important for developers than it is for marketers at this point. But it's worth going and checking out the blog post on OpenAI's website. The other thing that OpenAI mentioned is their new Copyright Shield. So as they see on their website, OpenAI is committed to protecting our customers with built-in copyright safeguards in our systems. Today, we're going one step further and introducing Copyright Shield. We will now step in and defend our customers and pay the costs incurred if you face legal claims around copyright infringement. This applies to generally available features of ChatGPT Enterprise and our developer platform. And so this is very much in line with the steps taken by Microsoft and Google so far to give users of large language models confidence that they're not going to get in trouble um, around copyright if they use the outputs of those tools by effectively indemnifying and protecting them against any legal claims brought against them. How that will actually play out in the real world is not clear at the moment, But I think all of the providers are working really, really hard to give especially large enterprises confidence that they can use these tools without worrying that they're opening themselves up to some sort of copyright infringement claim and lawsuit in the future. OpenAI are also going to be releasing their next version of the Whisper model that I mentioned earlier. So this automatic speech to text model. Um, So now we're up to Whisper version three. Um, Martin and I were talking about this on the WhatsApps, and we've been really impressed with Whisper version 2 and can't really think of much that we'd like Whisper version 3 to be able to do that's not not already covered by the current version of Whisper. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what improvements this provides. Those of you that have seen Martin speak or have um, listened to the podcast will know he does a really fun bit in uh, a lot of the talks that he gives where he uses Whisper to automatically transcribe a recording that he does live while he's talking where he'll interview and ask questions of a few audience members and then has an automated workflow through zapier that automatically creates a summary blog of his talk and includes the quotes of the people in the room published in real time so at the end of his talk there they are in the blog post on medium whether or not this new whisper version will make that even better is is hard to see but um, it's nice to see that they're continuing to improve the tools so you'd be forgiven for thinking that that would be it because there's certainly a lot of things for us to chew over in there as marketers in terms of the increasing power and ease of use as, as it comes to chat gpt and also the sheer range of options now for developers to use a lot of the things that we love in chat gpt in their own applications including image creation and um, text-to-speech creation and advanced data analysis and the ability to pull information in from lots of other tools um, which we should probably focus on for just a second actually because that ability to use data from lots of different tools is could be a real game changer for developers because they can build on top of your existing stack so integrating data from your crm from your marketing automation platform from google ads from google search console and give you something that you can interrogate with a large language model like ChatGPT. let's call it i don't know marketing analytics gpt um that you can then ask questions of that either by speaking to it, like I'm speaking to you now, um, or by typing it in. Um, That is all going to be really cool. But they've gone a step further than that. And they've made it so that this type of power and functionality is not going to be just available to developers and people who know how to code. They have introduced a new thing that they call GPTs. In essence, users of ChatGPT can now create custom versions of ChatGPT that combine instructions, extra knowledge, and any combination of skills to deliver a customized chat capability. So in the examples they give on their website, they've got a creative writing coach, they've got a tech advisor, they've got a puppy trainer. So what this does is it's going to make it possible for anyone to create their own customized chat GPT bot trained on information provided by the user. Why is this important and why is this different to what they've provided to developers? And in essence, this is because there is going to be a GPT wizard. So you don't need to code. You just open up the wizard and then you can build your own custom chatbot. So in essence, what this means is by providing... um, information sources for the bot to use. So by uploading a lot of your company's documents, for example, you could create a customer service bot. You can, the great thing about the tool is it's it's built using natural language. So in essence, you have a conversation with ChatGPT about what you want your custom GPT to do, and it will help you build it. It will build rules in the back end in terms of what questions that GPT will answer and what questions it won't and how it will answer those questions. In the live demo that they gave during the developer conference yesterday, Sam Altman showed us an example where he took transcripts from from some previous talks that he'd done during his time at Y Combinator, giving advice to startups to, in essence, create a, a startup advice bot based on previous advice that he'd given. So we've talked on the podcast previously about how organization should really be looking at what data they have internally, what information that they've captured, but also what information could they capture if they more proactively look to record more internal conversations and calls, record customer um, service calls, record sales calls, and then leverage that information through something like a custom bot to create customer service bots, internal knowledge base bots, and all of the above. Um, again, I think The imagination of people is the limitation here somewhat because I think the tool really offers quite a broad canvas for people to build quite interesting stuff. And OpenAI is certainly betting on this themselves because they believe that the best GPTs will be invented by the community. And so they're going to make it really easy for anyone to build one. And they're going to create a GPT store where you can share your GPTs publicly so the GPT store is going to be searchable. And then if uh, if a particular GPT becomes popular, then there's going to be like a leaderboard, a little bit like um, popular apps on like Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Um, and if people use your bot, you're going to be able to earn money based on how many people are using it, which I think is really, really cool. Um, they're also developing them with all of the sort of safety guards in mind that they've used to develop all the rest of their tools and if you are an enterprise customer so you've got chat gpt enterprise you're going to be able to create bots that can only be used within your organization so this is kind of akin to what we've heard um some of the consulting companies like bain have been doing where they've created an internal knowledge gpt or bot for their teams to use trained on all of their proprietary information um, so if you are a chat gpt enterprise customer You're going to be able to do that. One uh, example I can think of is if you have a customer service team, you could empower them to find it easier to answer customer queries, not by searching through knowledge bases, but to actually just feed the queries that customers provide into those GPTs to help answer the questions by training those GPTs on all of your documentation, technical manuals, protocols, all of those other things. So there you have it. The... um, some of, some well-known companies have already built these custom GPTs. So, so far, the one that I'm really keen to get my hands on is the Zapier one. So you can use the Zapier GPT to basically help you plan automation. So you kind of ask it, hey, I want to achieve this particular thing. How could I do this in Zapier with automations? And then you can use that, the Zapier GPT bot to help you create those automations. There's also going to be a Canva GPT where in essence you describe the type of thing that you're trying to make and it gives you initial examples to work from and then you have a conversation with Canva GPT going back and forth refining the design and when you're ready you see something you like you click on it and it takes you into Canva where you can then make any fine tuning edits that you want to do manually within the Canva interface so i've been trying um i haven't got access to these yet as soon as we do we'll let you know what i experience has been On one of the upcoming episodes of our podcast so as a marketer obviously canva and zapier's gpts are going to be useful and expect to see similar tools popping up all over the place for all the other software tools that you use so i think that's the first thing the second thing is how can you create gpts to support your internal organizations so how does this change internal comms and how internal folks access information in your organization and also, how could you create custom GPTs to better serve your customers, leveraging your internal proprietary information and data to have a GPT customized to the thought leadership, knowledge, etc. internal within your organization? So this is going to be really, really interesting to see how companies deploy this almost as products, but certainly as freemium products as part of their marketing approach to help bring customers in and get them wedded to the brand really, really interesting. If you want to know the details, go and check out those two blog posts on the OpenAI website. We're going to be fascinated to see how this plays out and how they roll this out to users and frantically hitting the refresh button on our chat GPT plus instances to see when we get access to some of these new capabilities. So I hope you enjoyed that. Just a little quick Interlude because uh, there was just too much good stuff in there not to share with you all. We'll be back into our regular scheduled programming um, with our episode next week. Other than that, I look forward to uh, speaking with Martin then and to sharing the latest tips and tricks that marketers need to know in the world of AI to help them get better results. Until next time, thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you for listening to Artificially Intelligent Marketing to stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, be sure to subscribe. We look forward to seeing you again next week.